shotglassdigital.com. this episode of Geek Out Loud, I get to be a fangirl because I've got one of the queens of all the fangirls on with me, Teresa Delgado. We are talking about Star Wars Weekends 2014 and having all kinds of fun together on this, your safe place to geek out, the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. In a world where people make fun of me for the things that I love, this is my security blanket. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you. I gotta be honest, no one really makes fun of me for the things I love. I'm beyond that. I'm I'm, I'm a grown-up, for crying out loud. Who makes fun of grown-ups? But anyhow, so glad to have you along with us on this very special episode. Had a great weekend, and we're going to tell you all about it. But to do so... Uh, I got to bring in a guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, from Fangirls Going Rogue on RFR, that's Rebel Force Radio and the Shot Glass Digital Network. Gee whiz, she's a writer at Jedi News. She's on Star Wars Bookworms, and she has her very own f- website, Fangirl Next Door. She's only one of the greatest Disney experts in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Teresa Delgado. Teresa. Welcome, hey. to Geek, welcome to Geek Out Loud. It's about time, man. I, <laughs> let's just let's let this breathe a little bit. Along with the secrets of gummy berry juice. Now, do you do you remember the gummy bears? Of course I do. I love the gummy bears. Okay, all right. Well, that's I was just making sure you need to just calm down now. Come on, just calm down. Um, welcome to Geek Out Loud. Well, thank you for having me, especially after the weekend we had. My Atlanta, we had a great weekend. And, and uh, you know, i got to be honest, because, you know, a lot of times when I get out in these things, I don't know who to expect, what to expect, how to expect, why to expect. And and you just never know what's going to happen. You just, you know, you don't really, you don't know how you're going to mesh with people and things and stuff. And uh, my Lanta, what a time, a, a good time, if you will, was had by all down in Orlando, Florida at Disney Star Wars weekends. And so, and you were a huge part of that. Oh, well, thank you. We did have a blast, didn't we? But I have a present for you real quick. I like presents. You like presents? Okay, hang on a second. Okay. Stepping to the... Oh, this is what we do on Geek Out Loud, or Mark Out Loud when we've got silent. Hello? 
Mr. Glossy. There he oh, yeah. is, ladies and gentlemen, the husband of Teresa Delgado, Greg Lutha. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, let me tell you something. You made the weekend awesome as much as your wife made the weekend awesome. Um, just getting to hang out with you and meet you, and you're kind of the guy. You're the enabler for Teresa. She's all over the web doing all this doing all this fan stuff, headed to Disney, talking Star Wars, and you just kind of enable that right along and along, don't you? Well, I'm definitely supportive of it, yes. <laughs> You've got a great story with her. Like, you you, you met her one weekend and married her the next. Yeah, pretty much. But, hey, it's all Disney and Star Wars related, so it's all good. Now, you did two incredible things for me this past weekend. One... You introduced me to Fantasia mini golf. Yeah, no doubt. That was like mini golf you've never seen before, though, right? It was ridiculous, man. It's like small fairways. It's like golf that many people should play, but it's like it was. It was some of the most frustrating, infuriating stuff in the world. Who ended up winning, though? Did you end up? You ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, I did all right between I the six of us. Yeah, you did all right. You shot two holes in one. <laughs> you, shot, you shot two holes in one we're we're sitting there the first one you just kind of hit it and i'm like oh son of it i throw the club and you know throw off the hat and everything and then and i'm like all right then it's not going to happen again and you know eight holes later boom it happens again that time you know throw the club hat comes off i'm stomping a little bit shirt comes off i'm just i was throwing a uh who was the tennis player that always got so mad anyhow i was throwing one of his fits just really ticked off. It was so much fun, man. We had such a good time. Yeah, no doubt. It was a good time. Yeah, it was good meeting you at the weekend as well. Made it uh, that much more enjoyable. Well, I appreciate it. It was. I just listen. I enjoy. I realized this past weekend something. I, should, I guess I should know. I enjoy meeting cool people, and you are one of the coolest, sir. Well, I appreciate that. And I, hey, I tell you what, though, you know, we we had some good conversations around, you know, some of the old school actors like John Candy and oh. some of those other folks, you know, too. And it was uh, we had a good laugh. Big Bear, Big Bear chased me. Yeah. <laughs> Big Bear chased me. No, that was the same. Listen, that was the same conversation wherein you inspired me to look into how to get a bobblehead made of myself. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think that would be a great little promotional item for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got uh, we've got about 30 people in the chat right now uh, live over at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show. And so I just want to ask everyone, uh, Steve Glosson Bobblehead, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's let's take some quick, uh, so let's do some quick on-the-spot market research. So... Uh, we'll do that as, as they as they chime in on the chat and and see what they have to do. Well, man, it is good to talk to you, and um, and and I appreciate you being the enabler to your wife, and uh, and letting her do all this stuff and supporting her and her fandom because you know the truth of the matter is is you enjoy it, you love it all, but like you're not you're not the Uber fans. I think that some of us are. If you are, you hit it very well, sir. No, no doubt. Um, I, I'll tell you what. Hey, I enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to get in the way of it either. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it's it's best just to kind of uh, enjoy what you enjoy. And Yes. And then when you're sharing a life with somebody else, uh, you know, support them with what they enjoy as well. So it was, it was good. You know, I met a lot of good people. And um, 
I think that uh, no matter what your passions are, there's always uh, a person behind it, and we all have that, you know, in common. So, well, it, it was good meeting you and some of the other folks last weekend while we were out at Disney. Well, I made a decision this week. I'm moving down to where you guys are, and I'm just going to move in with you. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there, there there is only two bedrooms in our place. Well, and I mean, uh, one of them is dedicated to Teresa's, uh, you know, wares and her podcasting oh, and all that yeah, other stuff yeah. so well, i don't know you might have to share it with that oh well that i mean that'd be fine i can just play with the toys and podcasts and i could be your live-in chef <laughs> well, what... i i would uh i appreciate that and i look forward to some of your cooking one of these days there or maybe we'll grill out or something oh right? my gosh don't don't threaten me with a good time sir don't you dare no threaten me with a good time so. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, Greg. It's so good to talk to you, dude. I hope to see you guys sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so let me do a little bit of enablement again okay. and uh, enable a transition here to uh, my wife. All right. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. All right. See ya. See ya. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's Greg Lutha. And I'm telling you, there were fingers pointed. There were there were side glances as we started to kind of hang out and make a connection. And... Um, and it appears that there were some people saying they were going to call Carl in. Uh, they were being bromance police is what they were doing. They were trying to stop a connection between two bros, just trying to, you know, build a friendship and build a relationship. And I don't know that I appreciate it. So um, I don't know that it's another complete bromance, but it, I, I've got a crush. That's all I'm saying about that. Oh, so. y'all are both all in. We- I can tell. <laughs> and now I have to live up to that. That's right. <laughs> You got some big shoes to fill, sister. So. <laughs> I don't know. His feet aren't that big. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, as as you know, I mentioned it while I was talking to Greg, and as everyone who's listening live knows, but those who are catching us by the podcast feed may not know, we go live with all of the Goliverse shows at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show. There we also do the Big Honkin' Show. And we're not doing a Goliverse show Monday through Friday. We're doing the Big Honkin' Show. And if you're... Missing the Big Honkin' Show, uh, this is some of the stuff you are missing. Imagine owning the world's greatest songs by the greatest voice of our generation. In a once-in-a-lifetime collection, Big Honkin' Music presents the ultimate gloss and collection. 36 beautiful songs sung by our favorite artist, Steve Glossin. On two CDs for just $26.99.
Now and you get both CDs for just $16.99 for shipping and handling. Supplies are limited. The Ultimate Glossin Collection is not sold in stores. So that's the Big Honkin' Show. There's a lot of singing that goes on on the Big Honkin' Show. <laughs> Uh, Teresa, we were talking at dinner the other night. Uh, Greg and I got to talking about all the marketing stuff. He mentioned bobbleheads. And uh, I'm, I'm just wondering straight up, how, how well do you think a Steve Glosson CD would sell? I lost Teresa. Did I lose Teresa? No, oh, you didn't lose me. Oh, my Lanta. What happened? <laughs> I muted my mic. <laughs> You scared the bejesus out of me. I started talking, and then you're like, I lost Teresa. And I was like, why? I can still hear you. I can still hear you. So. I'm going to be a creeper. No. CD, good idea. I would buy like 10. Maybe maybe an iTunes album. Someone said Ooh, they yeah, still make iTunes CDs. Album. Yeah, totally get it up on iTunes. and, and That'd be and awesome that. so, for sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll pray about it and see what happens. But I want a bobblehead, too. Yeah, well, we'll have to. I don't know how to make that happen. I've got to. I've got to research into that. I'm. I need to go back through the chat here and see what people said, as far as whether they were for it or or not for it. But um, I think I think most people. I think like three people said yeah. So that's ten percent of the audience. Okay, we'll do it. You know, I think I think ten people will will go for it. So anyhow, Teresa, I say all that to say this: it's so good to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you. Right. I've been bugging you forever. You have been, and, and uh, I was going to Cohen you. I was going to Michael Cohen you, because Michael Cohen bugged me for about three years before I finally let him on the show. And in fact, <clears throat> we finally recorded a show several years ago, and uh, and it never got posted. I don't even know. I don't even know if I could find that audio at this point. It was uh, after Celebration Five, and he sat in on a big conversation about uh, Star Wars Celebration Five, and so I don't. But it never got posted, so I don't I don't even know if that's there. So I was gonna do that to you, but then I mentioned you're just so sweet. I can't I can't co in you. I can't keep you off the show. So And to think you thought I was like super serious. I did. Well, like the times we've been on shows together, like with the kids, the kids being Riley and Bethany, I've always thought, you know, you're always you're just you get into your Star Wars mode and you're like, I'm a fan of Darth Maul. He's probably my favorite, and because um, he's just really cool, you know, and I think that he looks good. He's got a good look. He's very powerful, and I really enjoy uh, his stuff, and I really enjoy reading the books about Darth Maul, and I'm like, okay, so this is ser- super serious fangirl. And then... Well, yeah. I am a serious fangirl. Right, and then I meet you, <laughs> but then I meet you the other night down at Downtown Disney, and I'm like, well, look at this cute little bundle of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I'm glad my real laugh is back because I've lost my voice like, you know, the past two weekends. But it, my real laugh came out. Yeah. Well, you're all giving people tours and stuff all weekend long. So I did. I didn't get to give you one, though. I Not know. a good one. I know. Well, I, I want to come back down just to take the uh, the, the Teresa tour of Disney and, and get that out of the way because I now feel like that's something that has to happen in my life and has to happen with my Disney experience to be complete. Yeah. You need to put me on an app or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, you should totally develop an app. For, listen, <laughs> the Teresa Delgado Lutha app. Yes. Yes. We could. I'm the TDL or something like that. We'll figure something out. But, but it and basically what it is, is it's going to have to use GPS and stuff so that when you're in the park, it'll know where you're at and it can direct you to various and sundry 
things that you direct people to to point their attention to and tell the stories about this and that thing. But now I, we'll get here in a minute because we got to jump into some emails. But I taught you something about a Disney park, and I'm really excited about it. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, uh, let's jump into some emails. Teresa, I've got to tell you, I'm really glad you're here to field some of these emails with me because there's a lot of Star Wars talk in these things, and I know you're a Star Wars fan. Just a little bit. Just a touch. Just a touch. Like a tiny, tiny little bit. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I, you know, we're being sarcastic, but you're talking about fangirls going rogue. That's you and Trisha Barr over on the Rebel Force radio feed. You guys are just talking Star Wars news and all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, you write for the number one Star Wars news site on the interwebs, jedinews.co.uk. Yep. What is an American doing writing for a British website? It's how awesome I am. That's... <laughs> my my personality crosses the ocean. You do Star Wars bookworms with one of my new best friends, Aaron Goins. Um, yeah, for who... all you book readers out there. Yeah, Star Wars bookworms. And you've had, and, and this is how I was first introduced to you back when you just had your own blog, Fangirl Next Door. Yeah. So. It's a good little site. Man, you're just, you're rocking, you're rocking the Star Wars community, and then you're just rocking general fandom. What are some other of your fandoms other than Disney and Star Wars? Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Um, Narnia. Gee whiz. Um, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. My Little Pony. Hey, you simpatico. No, no. I'm all about the My Little Pony, oh, like yeah. old school and the new one. Oh wow! Um, yeah, the new one's great, man. It's, it's hard. I, I just had you're like you're closer to my age all the time. I forget that you're closer to my age than I think you are. You're still a little kid to me, but you're you're closer to my age than I think you are. <laughs> yeah, someone in the chat just said pony up. Definitely pony up. Awesome. Love it. Wow. Okay. I created my own pony, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do, like, do they have a place to do that, or, or were you just customizing yeah, a pony? Yeah, it's on art, and I created my own pony, and her name is Lavender Rhyme. I, I need Greg back real quick. I've got to get... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I say, I'm glad you're here to talk some of this stuff, because there's a lot of um, Star Wars talk. Uh, in the email, not this one necessarily. This comes from Jacob. He says, uh, "Do you remember Giver? Not Mick Giver, but Giver. Do you remember? Do you, are you familiar with this at all, Teresa? I'm actually not. I mean, I know Mick Giver. Not Mick Giver, just Giver. No, but no. What Gi is that? Giver. This is this. I never have seen Giver, but Giver. This is how I remember it as as a box on a shelf." in a video store. I would always walk by it. Mark Hamill himself was on the cover with some type of cyborged up face or something. He says, Jacob goes on to say, I do, I do. I believe this is how I was originally introduced to Mark Hamill before Star Wars. He says, keep in mind I was born in 1988 and in Poland. And in any case, I recently stumbled upon this movie and its sequel. And while the production value of the movie was superbly goofy, it brought me back to a time I truly enjoy and fell in love with the strange concept for a superhero all over again. 
I'm writing because I'm curious what your thoughts were on this movie and storyline. If you have any thoughts at all, I've got no thoughts at all, but I'm just reading your email because I'm stoked you emailed me, Jacob. Uh, my reminiscence of the film led me to the animated series that was released in 2000. There was an animated series of Guyver? <laughs> oh my god is there a guyver fandom out there Teresa? have you you've not run up on this then if you've never no, heard of it but apparently michael cohen's in the chat and said he's seen them all oh well I, that doesn't surprise me michael Cohen. michael cohen is if 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 i don't know about it and you don't know about it i guarantee you michael cohen will know about it because michael cohen just he's got his finger on the pulse and even his finger on the not pulse, but just things that he feels like should be the pulse. So uh, he says it's not particularly for kids. The series does do an amazing job of conveying a great story of a high schooler who was thrown against his will into the responsibilities of a hero. Mm, the hero's journey. Ultimately, my recent refound love has me begging for a reboot. I find this story to be right for these times and worthy of being brought back to the big screen. My only contentions involves figuring out what kind of audience this movie would be geared towards. It's not a kid's story and appealing a superhero to adults. Is not the easiest of tasks nowadays, unless you're dealing with Batman or Superman, of course. If you've never heard or seen of Guy, heard of or seen Guyver, check out Mark Hamill movie from 1991 and its sequel, Dark Hero. Hmm, I might do that. So I, then again, I might not. So I don't know. I, Put that on the list of the maybes. I mean, I walked by it so many times in the video store and just could never bring myself to pick up. Back when there were video stores. Yes, back when there were video stores. Yeah, back in my day, we had these buildings, and you would walk in, and you and they would have VHS tapes on display, and you could pick out what you wanted and rent them. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. I used to do that. I know. Wasn't that the one? Let me tell you something. The smells in my life that I really just enjoy are the smells of a video store and a comic book store. Ooh, comic book stores. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. But I love the smell of books. So it's yes. like the smell yeah. of paper. Yeah, or the smell of new toys I enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. So there's not, there's something about open... When do, Did you ever... Uh, are you into the Marvel stuff? Yeah. Have you been for a while? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when Toy Biz was doing the Marvel Legends figures? Yes. The big... I mean, like, the big yeah. every single figure was a chase figure and you couldn't find any of them anywhere? Yes. Um, well, that's all toys, Steve. That's true. But <laughs> opening those things, because they were so big and there was so much plastic, was like you were Scrooge McDuck, but instead of diving into a, a safe full of coins, you were diving into a safe full of plastic toys. I loved opening up the old Marvel Legends figures by Toy Biz. It just, it was like, it, I don't know. That's weird. Okay, anyhow, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy writes in. Now, here we get into some Star Wars stuff. Last Last episode, I was talking about um, Palpatine and Vader. Somehow we got off on that conversation. And I mentioned that Palpatine never told Vader the truth about Padme. That for for the rest of his life, he thought he had killed Padme. And um, and he never never found out otherwise. So that's kind of... He did, technically. Sorry. Well, I mean... (laughs) But I'm no. going to go there. Right. I'm going to go there. Well, but here's the thing. He didn't. He, he Okay. He let her go before she died. If you're not if you're talking about the physical Yes, that's what I'm talking her, about. Yes. Then yes. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're talking about. about the killing of her to the point to where she couldn't imagine her life anymore, mm-hmm. he did do that. Okay. I I I will go down that road with you, but I but when you're talking when when Palpatine says you killed her, 
he means physically choke the life out of her. Are you sure? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, because that just put that's going to put him in so much more despair and everything and just continue to solidify him on this path to the dark side that he had, that he had set out upon. But why would the why would the emperor tell him the truth anyway? Because he needs him to be a certain way and right. he needs to manipulate him and the only way he could do that is to tell him that Pal- or that Padme was dead. Right. I, and look, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not saying the emperor should have told him the truth. I was just making the point that I made is is it was kind of a realization as I was talking along last week is that Vader never found out that Physically, he didn't kill Padme. That maybe he could have gotten to her and saved her. You know, which that would have added some anguish too. But anyhow, Timothy, but he should have been able to figure it out if the babies were born. Well, uh, and may, well, maybe he did. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe once he realized Luke was his son, he's like, "Oh, well, wait a second, you old geezer, you wrinkly old white raisin." Anyhow. Timothy writes in, and and he's got a he's got a take on this idea. He says, "I was listening to the live goal when you were talking about Anakin's ghost and the Emperor never telling him that he lied about killing Padme, and I thought I would share my feelings on how Padme really died. This is just my theory, and it may sound stupid to you or anyone else, but I completely believe that Palpatine killed Padme. We know that Palpatine's master could manipulate the Force to keep those he cared about from dying. We also know." that he taught his apprentice everything he knew before being killed in his sleep. If he could manipulate the force in such a way as to keep people from dying, wouldn't it also mean he could easily have the ability to use it to kill them as well? Palpatine knew that the one thing that could be a threat to Anakin's fall on the dark side would be his love for Padme. She could have brought him back just as his son eventually did. He simply killed her himself using the teachings of his master. She literally died while Anakin was being put into the Vader armor. How else did Palpatine know that she was even dead? Killing her and telling him that he had done it himself was ultimately, was the ultimate way, rather, to make sure Vader would be his puppet forever. Why didn't Obi-Wan or Yoda sense it? Well, why didn't they sense Sidious when he was sitting right in front of them talking to them? The dark side clouds everything. Could I be reading too much into it? Sure. But it makes more sense that she lost the will than she has lost the will to live to me. It doesn't fit the character of Padme at all, especially not with her last words being that there's still good in him. What do you think? Now... Um, I want to I, before I get your opinion on this, Teresa. I want to make one or two corrections really quickly to what Timothy is understanding. And this is all from the film. This is not EU stuff. Uh, when Palpatine, <clears throat> when Sidious rather, is um, bestowing the name Darth Vader upon Anakin, he tells Anakin, you know, the power to cheat death is is a power that only one has obtained. And he says, I'm sure if we work together, we can find this power together. So Sidious, and if you, and now if you get into the EU and you get to Darth Plagueis, um, you see that he was working on this way to cheat death, and he'd kind of done it, but he never shared it with Palpatine at all. So, you know, that's something Palpatine didn't know, didn't have at his disposal. Okay, other than that, what do you think of this theory that Palpatine, through the Force, killed Padme? I don't agree with it. Me <laughs> And I have reasons why. But... Go for it. Yeah, I want to hear it. I mean, I don't agree with it either. So, I mean, I know a lot of people say that Padme losing the will to live just doesn't fit with her character, but I think that it does fit with her character, and the reasons are because of this. Sometimes when you're in a relationship and it's like the first relationship that you've ever had, 
or one that means a lot to you, you lose yourself in that relationship. And whether you realize it or not, you can become codependent on the other person. And I feel as if Anakin and Padme's relationship was a little bit volatile in that way and that they both were kind of codependent on each other. And we see that because Padme kind of stopped being able to do her normal things and being as strong as she was. And when we see her in um, Phantom Menace. So as she progresses through the three films, she is losing a little bit of herself and a little bit more of herself. And that's due to this codependent relationship that ha- that has happened with Anakin, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so... For her, dying of a broken heart and losing the will to live is completely feasible. And a lot of people get upset because Padme was supposed to be a really strong character. And the thing is, though, is that people's characters change over time in a story. And yes, she was very strong at the beginning. But this relationship that she got herself into and did against her better judgment was ultimately her downfall. And I know I've heard people say, you know, well, when you have kids, you know, you should be living for them. But what if you're so clouded at that point that you can't see that and you you know that you're not going to be a good parent to them and you you just lose you've lost everything that you've invested in for your entire life. And even though she had a lot of other stuff to her, her life was Anakin and he was gone. And so that's how I see it. Like, she did die of a broken heart. She did die because she didn't want to live her life without him. And regardless of having kids, I mean, you know, I don't know. I That's just how I I feel. Like, a lot of people don't agree with me, so. Yeah, well, um, in the chat, there's a couple of things that have been said. Number one, um, this song was brought up. Yeah, that was mentioned in the chat there, um, and uh, and also there was a link posted and said it's a real condition. That it's a real actual medical condition, kind of dying of a broken heart sort of situation. Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. Yeah, I've actually heard of that before. I saw somebody posting that, and some of my background is actually medical, um, and I have heard of that condition before, so... It is something that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I also I've said since uh, <clears throat> since uh, since Revenge of the Sith came out and, and talking about it with friends that Padme and Anakin had the textbook codependent unhealthy relationship. Um, you know, from from Padme to or from Anakin to Padme and and vice versa. For whatever reason, she latched onto this guy. Um, in a way that she didn't latch on to anyone else, even Paolo. Um, you know, and, and he was able to, to either get down, get behind her walls or get, you know, get in her head. And she was, and of course she was, 
you know, he was so scared of loss that if he had feelings toward anybody, that they were going to be amplified. And so, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, and it's a you know, it, it's from a storytelling standpoint, it's a little too easy. But at the same time, it's not it's not unfeasible to what like you say. I, I we're on the same page here, Teresa. I feel like you're getting a little too defensive about your your stance on the Padme thing. Well, here's my thing. You know, like, my relationship with my husband is a pretty healthy relationship, but he has become a part of my life in a way that nobody else ever has. And mm-hmm. I've thought about this, like, putting myself, like, in the position of Padme or if something really bad were to happen to him. And we don't have kids or anything yet, and I can see myself going to a really, really dark place. And not dying, but like a really, really dark place. Now, if I had kids and they were a couple years old or something like that, then I would, you know, fight to try to help things be as easy for them as possible. But with it just being me, I don't know what would happen to me. So I kind of looked at it from that perspective. Um, and I feel I feel bad for her. Yeah. You know, I really do because she gave so much of herself and I, I feel like Anakin was selfish. Selfish! Yeah. <laughs> Why are you just getting ticked at Anakin there? <laughs> I mean, you know, there was a little bit, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with you, but I think there was a little bit of selfishness on her part as well. You know, she she talked to him during Attack of the Clones. They're talking, and she's like, look, we can't do this. I'm a senator, and everyone knows senators don't have love relationships, and you're a Jedi, so it's forbidden for you, and, and it just wouldn't work out, you know, because it would be scandalous, and it just, you know, we couldn't do this. And he's like, well, we don't have to tell anybody. And she tells him, we couldn't do that. Living a lie would destroy us. We're too much in the public eye. I'm too much in the public eye, and you're too much a Jedi. We can't, we can't do this. And then... When she thinks they're going to die, she just kind of lets all her guard down and finally says, you know, yeah, I love you. Uh, you know? <laughs> and No, she truly, deeply loves him. Yes, true. Like <laughs> like that song by Savage Garden from the 90s, Truly Madly yeah. Deeply. Um, she was all like, I want to I stand with you on the mountain. I want to bathe with you in the sea. But anyhow, um, so I, I say all that to say and kind of, echo what you're saying and agree i don't think that palpatine had a hand in it necessarily outside of his hand in manipulating anakin and i think that's the genius of the whole situation as palpatine knew that if this one piece would fall into place everything else would for him and so with the jedi coming after him with anakin turning palpatine i mean he had his victory secured you know the only thing that could have stopped them had would have been had Obi-Wan actually killed Anakin or would Yoda had won against Palpatine. I think that's the only way that you would have seen, you know, and, and those were the only two things that that could have, that were standing in his way. And once those are cleared out, shoot, the galaxy was his. And I have to ask you, mm-hmm. in that fight with Yoda and Palpatine, did you, I mean, we all knew Yoda wasn't going to win, but there was a piece of you that was sitting there going, go Yoda! Oh, always. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm still confused. And I guess I I guess it's because I missed it in the in the novelization It kind of I was kind of explained to you in uh, in in that last Yoda arc of the Clone Wars. I was still always kind of confused of why did Yoda leave? He he said, you know, he said he failed. And I'm like, but you didn't you could have gone back after him. You know what? 
and so I, I I'm always a little bit confused about that, but you know it works out. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Matthew Marks chimes in more Star Wars. Sorry, Teresa, I know you're not a fan. Um, he says I was just listening to an old episode of the Star Wars Report, where you and the Blantons do a commentary of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, the kids were actually here at the house, and we did it from my living room. He said, you made the comment, and I've heard you say this before, too, that there that you want there to be an episode of Rebels where Obi-Wan goes after Vader to try to turn him back. That would be a fantastic idea. I think it's kind of necessary, too. As you said, at the end of their duel, Obi-Wan considers Anakin completely gone. If the movie ended there, it would justify Obi-Wan's position in the original trilogy that there's no good left in Anakin. Then you have Padme's dying words that there is good in him, so what changes between that and A New Hope? Unless Obi-Wan just doesn't believe her. Yeah, okay, Padme, you're just a crazy dying woman. What do you know? So I agree that your idea for a Rebels episode or maybe a novel or Marvel Comics miniseries would really solidify the original trilogy bin position. May the Force be with you. And that comes from Matt Marks. Um, I've said this before, Teresa, and I'll just reiterate it real quick. And, and so it'll be the third time it's been said because I've said it before and he said it in the email and I'm saying it again that I would, you know, for a season finale kind of thing in Rebels, I would love to see a, an older Obi-Wan go after Vader. Of course, it's too, now the, the timing of Rebels is a little too close to A New Hope being four or five years out. I, but I would like to see a story where after some meditation, after some communication with Qui-Gon, that Obi-Wan really does decide that there's good in Vader. Because Vader tells Luke that Obi-Wan thought the way he did at one point when Luke says there's still good in you I feel it and and Vader says you know Obi-Wan once thought as you did that's Return of the Jedi and but we never really get that from anything in, in Revenge of the Sith and so I thought it'd be cool to have Obi-Wan one last time you know try to go after Vader to turn him back not with it not with the plan to fight necessarily not to take him down but to try to turn him back to the good side and that's why when Vader, and, and it makes sense that when Vader on the Death Star then says, you should not have come back. You know, that's one of the first things he says to Obi-Wan is you should not have come back. And and I did, and it would kind of make the rest of that stuff cohesive. It'd be cool to see kind of a younger, not quite as elderly Obi-Wan go after a, a Darth Vader and, and see them go at it. And then Obi-Wan just, you know, get away barely kind of thing. I think it would be really cool to see. I just have no idea where they could place that now. No. And I don't I don't see it happening in Rebels just because from what I've heard about Rebels, you know, I I think it's I think it would feel kind of out of place. Right, right. Well, and I said all this before I knew what Rebels was actually going to be. So, get off my back. Um Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just... Calm down, Steve. <laughs> no, I, you know, before I realized what... Because Re Rebels now, you know, is going to be set, what, five years before Star Wars? Something like that. Yeah. And they've said that the band of Rebels that we see is not going to be the start, like, the main people that create the rebellion, right. but, some, but characters that have something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Ish. So, yeah, I, I definitely... Um, you know, and and so since they've kind of defined all that, you know, my idea has kind of gone out the window. I've let it go, which is fine. That's fine. That's fine. Let it go. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 
I don't really know that song. I just know a little bit of Oh My Lanta, Teresa. How do you not know because that I've, song? Because I've not seen The Frozen. Why? Because I just you, haven't. Oh my God. I'm, you're going to love my, you're going to love Olaf. Because Teresa, I am 37 years old and I can't go to a movie theater by myself for a children's movie. It's just kind of weird. It is on Blu-ray. Oh, well, I mean, I haven't had a chance to pick it up. I'm, it is on iTunes. I'm working on a bit of a limited budget in my life right now, Teresa. I, gotta, I will buy it for you. i got to sell some t-shirts. So anyhow, um, everyone's saying Steve is Olaf. Olaf is Steve. Matt Amar's dad, Crowder, says Steve is Olaf. So, all right. <laughs> um, but no, I was, in the, uh, I was in the elevator this past weekend coming down. This family gets in. It's a mom and a dad, and she's pushing a stroller. And it's one of those big strollers, and there's like a toddler up front, and they've got a a baby carrier with a little infant, you know, kind of hooked onto the top of it. And so they just push in. And so the, so the little girl that's in the stroller is just kind of looking at the wall of the elevator. And I'm standing there in the corner. And as the doors close, all of a sudden this little girl starts singing, let it go, let it go. And she's just belting out. And I was like, shh, shh, shh. I'm like, no, just let her sing. That's what she, we're in Orlando. We're in Disney. You know, let her do it. It's a great. And so it was the cutest thing because she just all the way down was singing Let It Go. That's so great. Yeah, I love it when kids have fun. So <clears throat> Wendy says, I make it sound like a baby, baby elephant. That's not nice. I would make it. She's, <laughs> she's a cute kid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. She was a precious little child. She reminded me of that little girl. Um, have you seen the YouTube video of the little girl singing Elvis while her dad's driving her down the road? Yeah. I oh have, my gosh! Actually, it's one of the, that's one of the that thing that little video makes me happier than just about anything else in the world. Ooh, somebody in the chat said Tangled was better than Frozen. Uh oh! And I will say this: go for it. I think that Diana and Elsa are cousins of Rapunzel, so that's what I have to say about that. So you don't think one's better than the other? No, I like both the movies pretty much equally, yeah. and I I just think that they're related, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's on their mom's side. Their moms are sisters. Now look, I know I've not seen ta I've not seen Tangled either. Oh, I know. Well, now I'm gonna do it. Oh, um, my Lanta. And <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen a lot of different uh, gifs online, and a lot of different people talking about that they think. Um, not only are Tangled and and Frozen connected, but also they feel like I mean they started connecting stuff to like Little Mermaid and all over the Disney universe. There's a lot of stuff, and actually, <clears throat> time for a fun moment. Yes. Um, Rebels is being a little bit modeled after Tangled and the animation from Tangled and Flynn Rider. Woohoo! Super exciting. I don't know what that means. It just means that it's cool. Okay, all right. Disney, Disney nerds will. Okay. Love that. I'm not enough of a Disney nerd, I guess. I don't. I you can, haven't taken my tour. Well, you know, I was sitting with someone the other day, and I was trying to remember the song from Sleeping Beauty. And which one? Uh, her Aurora's song, the song about dreams and stuff. And um. And see, now I can't remember it again, and I made myself remember it. So I start going... Once Upon a Dream? Yes, thank you. And I start going... But here's what happened. I I start going through all the various princesses that I know, and I'm like, well, Ariel was part of your world. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Beauty and the Beast was Beauty and the Beast, and there's something sweet 
enormous kind. And and I'm like, so it's not any of those. It's not that's not new. And then I start. I'm like, one day my prince will come. That's Snow White. Uh, Dream is a wish your heart makes. That's Cinderella. And I was just like, what is Sleeping Beauty? What is Sleeping Beauty? And and uh, and finally I came to it. But I had to sing lines from each one to kind of get the tunes out of my head so I could find the Sleeping Beauty one. And I don't even remember why I was looking for the Sleeping Beauty song in my head, but I was. But anyhow. It's so, a good song. Yeah. Well, well done. It's yeah. probably one of my, I, I like it a lot better than, than Snow White. So. Well, you know, Snow White was the first. They had to work the kinks out. No, so. it's not that. It's um the voice of Snow White and her singing voice. I can't handle it. <laughs> It's, it's so high pitched. It is, isn't it? It's it is so high pitched. <laughs> it is. Uh, we continue with the emails from Dwayne. Um, his uh, his subject line says, "Hate those prequel haters." Um, I don't know if you've heard the last episode. I went off on a bit of a rant uh, on prequel haters, but he says, I, "I'm just kidding above the about the above subject line. Let the haters hate. No one can rob us of our Star Wars joy." I haven't wrote in a while. But believe me, I've been listening to your to yours and every other Star Wars podcast out there. I'm not really a Star Wars podcast. Still love your shows and felt the need to drop you an email after listening to The Last Geek Out Loud. We both share the same love of Star Wars. There have been a lot of haters over the last 15 years blasting the prequels. It sounds like that YouTube twit really got under your skin with his rant. He did. So I share your view completely, but don't let him get you down. There are bigger problems in the world of debate. I agree, but this is a Star this is a Geek Out Loud podcast, so I've got to you know, I gotta rant on this stuff. Um he says, Star Wars stands alone as the art form that it is. Like a Picasso painting, love it or hate it, it does not need to be defended, just experienced. If someone hates Star Wars to the point of whining about it on YouTube, it says more about the person whining than it does about the film because we know it's awesome. Hmm, well, okay. That's a good zen place to be, Dwayne. I'm not there. God, those people. I mean, yeah. It just, I, I just, I, I'm able to sit back and just let it happen. And then I hit a breaking point, and it just all kind of rushes out, and because I'm just, I, you know, it's it's tired, and it more it, it really has more to do with the whole idea of bashing the prequels is just tired now. I'm it's I'm over it. It's like what what can you say that hasn't been said? You know, what can you say to me about the prequels to try to make me think they're bad that hasn't already been said? And see, you know what? It, it's ignorance is what it is. Oh, people. It's people who just, you know, have nothing better th- to do than hate on stuff because they can't appreciate the fact that they got more. And I want to just want to say, would you rather just not have it anything at all? Would you rather if 1999 happened and you had nothing? Hmm. I mean, for real. Well, there you go. For reals. There you go. Uh, Dwayne goes on to say, thanks for reminding me about how awesome the Rocky series was and still is. Now, you've seen the Rocky movies. I've seen the... We talked about it at dinner. I know, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I saw the first one. Okay. And then you and Greg started talking. And yes, well, you know. All was lost. <laughs> he says, you're right. Rocky 1 was not really a boxing or fighting movie. It was a love story about a man blowing up the Death Star of his personal universe, so to speak. And the victory was not in winning a fighting match, but in finding a person worth fighting for and reaching beyond one's grasps. It's really a perfect movie. And he says, here are a few of my favorites in list form. He's going to give five of his... He's going to give his top five favorite movies, all right? Ooh. Number five, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption! Have you Good ever, movie. Yeah, it's, it's a great like... movie. Number four, The Princess Bride. Ooh. Yes. Anybody want a peanut? Oh, I love The Princess Bride. Me too. Uh, number three, Terminator. 
Okay. No, okay. 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 Number two, this is odd to me. Signs. Signs, number two. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. I like Signs. I really dug it as a film. It's got some of the creepiest moments in recent movie history to me, you know, that shouldn't creep you out, but they do. A leg in a cornfield, uh, the handheld video footage of the alien walking by the baby, uh, by the babies, by the kids' uh, birthday party. And then he yeah. said, yeah. And then he says, number one, Star Wars. Not going to get into which episode is better and all that. I see them as one big saga movie. Each one is the best ever. So there. Um, what you I asked you before we went live your favorite Disney movie you said Lion King would you say that's your favorite movie no okay Return of the Jedi oh, I'm fist bumping you all the way from Georgia my friend so. you know Return of the Jedi everybody talks about Empire and it's amazing and the writing and the directing and the depth of the story and blah 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 <laughs> All right. Go but on. Go on. Return of the Jedi has Ewoks. And the Empire is defeated by little, well, kind of like intimidating bears that will probably eat you. But um, bears that didn't have anything special about themselves except for their will to defeat the Empire. And they did it. And it was amazing. And you have the redemption of... Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker and you have Luke Skywalker in his black outfit which is just amazing oh. and you have the realization that there's the force is growing and it's getting stronger and oh sorry and C-3PO is a god I mean there's so much and you get you get the one of the best scenes of all time when Leia first meets Wicket who yes. does not love that scene? I and if you don't scene. love it, don't tell me because I don't want to know. Well, um, I love I love Return of the Jedi. And as Sam Whitworth pointed out on the commentary that he did with Jason and Jimmy Mack at Rebel Force Radio, that a lot of people who say Empire is the best read a lot into wh- who Vader is and what Vader's going through in that movie based on Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Dwayne closes out. He says, thanks for all the great podcasts. I got my tickets for Celebration 7. Hope to see you there. Well, Dwayne, I hope you have fun at Celebration 7. I'm still not sure that I'm going to make it out. So, Oh, you're going. Are you planning on Celebration 7? Yeah. I hear you. you. And we're we're going to take you. Did We talked about this. We're going to get a van. <laughs> okay. We're going to get a van, and we're going to oh, go. Oh, yes. We're going to road trip. Yes, we are. We're going to do, we're going to do the American version of Caravan of the Force. Yep, we are. Yeah. I'm all for it, man. I'll... I'll I'll, yeah, the 15 passenger van. We're going. Yes, we need to. Oh my gosh, that'd be fun. Now it's going to take us a while. How much fun we'd have? I think we'd have a blast. I think it'd be Greg great. sitting shotgun. Oh, <laughs> I'll be laughing the whole I time. I feel like I need to sit shotgun because I feel like I'm more the chewy to his Han Solo. But anyhow, uh, finally, Chris uh, chimes in with another Star Wars question, and um, he simply says, "This. Do you know?" And the answer is yes. Uh, how the clone troopers became the stormtroopers. This is one aspect of the series I haven't been able to figure out. Maybe you can shed some light on this. Um, I I don't actually know if I know that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so please tell me. Okay. Do you know? Yes. Well, I mean, it's just it's just natural things that go down. When Order sixty six is given, um, you know, they obviously turn on the Jedi and stuff, and their whole you find out and you realize that their whole purpose 
in their cloning was to be cloned to serve the emperor, not even the republic, but the emperor. And of course, because they're advanced, you know, they're they're fast aging and everything. George Lucas even said, by the time Star Wars rolls around, you don't even have clones anymore. It's just people that have been recruited in, um, and and so whether by by force or by coercion or because they think it's their way to the top. And so you've just got um, just people from all over the galaxy that have just signed up to be stormtroopers, basically. And and the clones, mo- for the most part, are probably gone, um, died out at that point, because, you know, all the genetic... Ma- gen- what was that word I just what, tried genic- to say? The yeah. genic- genetic material from Django Fed is, is gone. So that's, that's what Fett's I understand. Django so weak. A what? <sighs> He got his head chopped off in like a minute. Well, I mean, he was it was Mace Windu for crying out loud. Well, yeah, but me and Mace Windu have a Me and Mace Windu have problems after the ending of season 5 of Clone Wars. So <laughs> Why? Did you not see what he did to Ahsoka Tano? Did oh, you not oh, see yeah, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they a, all did it what though. A wank. They all did it though. <laughs> Yeah, I know they all did it, but Mace was the one that was talking the most, and so therefore I, I'm like, you have a purple lightsaber, and that's awesome, but I don't like you. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's Mace, and he was really serious. I think, you know, I, I've got a whole Steve Star Wars corner that I've just been itching to do, and I hadn't sat down and done it, uh, just about the Jedi from the prequel era, and Ooh. yeah. You're going to love our next discussion on fangirls going rogue then, because we're doing that. Oh, my land. I've got to beat you guys to it. When are you recording? <laughs> Not telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm staying up late tonight, so there. So. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention, I just got a text from my good friend Rich, um, who says, Tangled and Frozen will arrive at my house Monday. Watch them, no excuses. So... All oh, right. please do. Please do. And, like, text me while you're watching them. I, I will do it. Or I'll, I'll watch them at the same time. Okay. I will do so. So I, should I watch Tangled first and then Frozen? Tangled first. Okay. All right. That's what that's what we'll do. Well, uh, that's uh, going to wrap up the, the emails here. And I don't have the snippet. Um, I forgot to pull the snippet segue music. So uh, we'll just say let's jump into some snippets real quick. Uh, snippet. Whoosh. <laughs> They've announced the title for what should be called World's Finest. And it's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. How you feel about that? Oh, I, I still don't know. And you're okay. You're not going to like me when I say this, mm-hmm. but like I did not like Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge Superman fan i i never have been and i was really hoping that it would kind of like pull me into the superman thing and it didn't um and then i don't i still don't know how i feel about ben affleck being batman even so, even having seen the picture i i there's a picture oh my lanta what where have Jer- i been oh i know where i've been at Star You've been, Wars that's true that's true I, i'll give you a pass on this hold on a second somebody it, throw one in the chat uh, yes yeah, someone there. someone throw a link in the chat um please no i like ben affleck i am not a ben affleck hater i'm not it was I just, uh, i'm scared because i you're scared because why 
Well, we're just going to let it roll until Teresa comes back. Hey, everybody! I've just sent. I've just put a link in her Skype. Uh, I've gone offline. It says, "Oh crud!" The storms are rolling in. Daggummit. it! Oh, baby Jesus! <laughs> Happens all the time. I'm still recording, and so you're listening to a podcast where Steve records uh, as we wait on the internet to reconnect. If you listen to the most recent episode of Mark Out Loud, you know that apparently this is becoming a big problem. Uh, you back with us, Teresa? Si, senor. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, we've got some storms in the area, and it did this last night with Mark Out Loud. It's kind of knocking us offline here and there again. So uh, people are saying the squirrel struck again and that sort of thing. So, um, So you're with us now, though. I am. I'm trying to see this picture. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, right? All righty, then. Let's do this thing. Yes, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) um, we are, uh, we're, I've got to, I've got to restart the live feed. I'm still recording all this. I'm just, we're going live. We're doing it live. Live. Um, yeah, so. So anyhow, you were saying you you weren't a fan of Man of Steel, which no, is, I was not. What, I felt like it was all like glitter and explosions, and I think they could have developed the storyline between Lois Lane and him so much better. Like they started off really good, and I was really liking her character, and then it's just like she fell off a cliff, and I was like, oh come on, yeah, yeah, um. But I really did go into it like trying to be super open and wanting to like it. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. And I was like, well, boo. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I just, I'm not a fan of this title of this movie, period. Uh, Man of Steel, I've got my problems with it. Mainly the shaky camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's a, that's my biggest problem with it. And it kind of trickles down to everything else in the movie but anyhow um but i don't like the title i feel like it could be stronger it could just be listen all you need is it for to be uh, awesome is batman superman or superman batman dc comics fans know that their title for the longest time was just called world's finest and i think that's a super strong title uh for batman for a superman batman movie this, this title is kind of like misleading. It almost makes you think that they're getting ready, like that this movie is going to be like the dawn of the Justice League. It is. Well, I mean, I get, I, but there's no other characters other than Batman and Superman. Wonder Woman's going to be making a cameo. Well, but see, here's the thing. Didn't Marvel did it right? You know, they I had, agree. Every character had their own movie before they did the Avengers, mm-hmm. and they're doing it wrong. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Listen, you're doing it wrong. I've said, I've said from the get go, um, way back when, when they were just going to launch a Justice League movie, back during, Lord, between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, I kept saying this is the, this is not smart. This is not smart on their part. But their model for everything uh, has been, and in fact, apparently, I've, I heard Joe Casada say that Marvel broke the mold. That everyone thought you start big and then spin off the movies out of that of all the individual characters instead of doing it the way Marvel has done it. And I'm like, but it doesn't make sense to do it that way. Because, you know, you've got to introduce these characters. Now, X-Men kind of did it, but they're the X-Men, you know. But um, I actually tweeted 
when the day that this title was released, I, I tweeted, do you say it phonetically, Batman 5, Superman, Dawn of Justice? <laughs> because, <laughs> And then I heard someone else on a much more popular podcast who is actually a professional comedian make that same joke, and I'm like, I made it first. So there you go. Yeah, nobody listens to any of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I they got, listen to us. Speaking, speaking of teen movies, I did see X-Men with the kids. So uh, jealous. While we were down in Orlando. Uh, I'll be talking about that next week, hopefully with Eris Chernovice from uh, Delray Publishing. So I need to see that, and I need to see Maleficence. Uh, X-Men is, is pretty good. I would just go ahead and see Maleficent first. Okay. I'm a huge X-Men fan, so... Yeah. Well, you're also a huge Elephant fan, too. I'm a Elephant. <laughs> so. Now that sounds like a baby elephant. <laughs> That's right. Elephant right. elephant. But, uh, we'll, but we'll be talking about that next week. I do want to say, uh, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, it's... Uh, there's a lot that happens. And it's... it's yeah. There's Is it a lo- the end of the X-Men movies? No. Stay after oh, the good. credits. Good, good. Yeah. Well, uh, who doesn't? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying they they hadn't typically been that way in X Men movies. So. Um, no, so. but I I mean I stay till the end of the credits for any movie mm-hmm. because these days you never know. Yeah. You never know. I hear you. I hear you. Um, while I was down there as well, before I went to see X Men with the kids, I also saw X Men with a good friend of the show, Christopher Titchenell. Uh, but I hooked up with him and his wife Alita, uh, down in Orlando at this place called the Acme Superstore. And Christopher, Chris, he's in the chat right now, Christopher Titchenell, um, he, it was, this place that he introduced me to, Teresa, is amazing. Now, it's about half an hour from where we were at with the with the parks and everything. But, um... I've heard of it. You, you pull up to this place in this parking lot, and the windows are all dressed out with... Uh, pictures of vintage packaging, toys on vintage packages, you know, there's comics, all this stuff. It's just, it is incredible. And you walk in and it's clean and they're just rows and rows and rows of just toys. You've got a, you've got a row that's superhero toys, an aisle of superhero toys. You've got an aisle of Star Wars. You've got an aisle of various and sundry sci-fi. You've got an aisle of, uh, Disney. You've got an aisle of, um, you know, Transformers and Isle of G.I. Joe. It's just fascinating. Of course, all the comics, but they've got this really cool room in the back uh, that is a big, big, like, open space. And um, I'm telling you what, I've been thinking about doing a Geek Out Loud con, a Gold con, if you will, or even a Steve con. And um, I'm, uh, oh, my Lance of the Storms have hit us again. Um, and uh, and I'm I, I'm planning on hopefully get reaching out to these folks, and uh, and doing uh, doing doing the old gold con from Acme Superstore down in Orlando, Florida. Now we're we're once again experiencing the technical difficulties of uh, the storms in Georgia. That's the only thing I can chalk it up to are these storms that are going on, and it's really crazy. It's it's really frustrating. Um, because you're, you're going along live, you're having a good time and, um, yeah. And all of a sudden it just cuts out. So I was saying, and I continued to talk like a professional that I am. Um, I continued to, uh, 
to, to talk about this room they have at this store is just it's a perfect like big meeting room and Ooh. yeah and so i've been talking about for for the longest time doing what we would call either goal con or steve con and uh and making it happen let's do it yes so <laughs> uh, in in getting in touch with these folks and doing goal con it was really i'll cool. be your publicist yeah check them out acme superstore i just wanted to give them a shout out here because it was such a really uh really cool store to to be in and, and and be a part of and see so um so if you have a chance i think they're online you can google them i don't have the yeah cart. i've heard of them before i've yeah. just never been there it's really cool like i say it's it's not near anything that's the problem like you know you you can't really you can't really i don't know that we could set up for multiple days there because there's it's not really within walking distance of anything it's a, you know it's on the outskirts of town a little bit north of where we were but still it's such a great place it, to me it's worth it's worth going to all the time so there you go um now let, Teresa, you got any snippets for us snippets 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 mm, not any good ones well all right well i mean um no okay. that's later <laughs> Well then, let's do what we let's talk about what we came ooh, here. Ooh, I got I got oh. something cool. I mean, it's, it's not really like news. It's like her universe did so well. Oh, we're gonna talk about that during weekends. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. I don't have anything. Well, then let's just talk about what we came here to talk about. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> let's let's talk some Star Wars weekends. Wait, wrong. Come it, Steve. <laughs> Learn to produce a show. Here we go. Let's talk about Disney Star Wars weekends. Oh man, I tell you, these this cable company is really just ticking me off, and it's taking me off my game. That's what I'm going to say is happening because of the uh, because the, that's what I'm going to chalk the poor production up to my personal my personal poor production. I'm going to chalk it up to storms and uh, stormtroopers. Yes, yeah, stormtroopers. There you go. Disney Star Wars weekends uh, is from. When the middle of May till the end of June, correct? Every weekend for those six weeks? Yes, okay. five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. Every weekend, Star Wars focused down in Disney. Disney Hollywood Studios goes completely wars. It's just a great event. It's uh, so cool. I was able to go two years ago to a weekend of it and was able to go down uh, this past weekend at the time of this recording with our good friends from Rebel Force Radio. I was there with Jimmy Mack and his family. And uh, we hooked up with Riley and Bethany Blanton while we were down there. So we saw the uh, heretofore referred to as the kids. Aaron Goins and his lovely wife, Victoria Aaron, from Star Wars Bookworms. And uh, and his wife, just super cool. And of course, of course, there was Teresa Delgado Luther and her super cool husband, Greg. And so, um, and, and Teresa, we'd never really met before. We'd, we'd talked a couple of times on some podcasts and... And there was an email shot back and forth here or there, but we'd never really met. And so it was just, it was this great moment where you're like talking to your best friends, Riley and Bethany, and then you turn and, and there's Steve. And I'm just like, well, there's Teresa. And the internet has bugged out yet again. So I'm really getting sick and tired of this mess. 
We're going to lose a live audience. And I'm really, really not happy with the way things are going here. I'm going to have to get in touch with my cable provider, my internet provider, and let them know that I don't appreciate the way they're doing business because they're not doing business very well. Not doing business very well at all. I don't appreciate the way they do things. I don't appreciate the way things are happening. If you want to know who the cable provider is, get in touch with Mediacom. Mediacom is my cable and internet provider, and, I, and, and they're jerks. They're just complete and utter jerks for, for letting this happen. But I do think there are some storms in the area. It's summer, but this has never happened. I've never really been affected by storms. Maybe they're throttling me back because of the all... The person whom you're trying to reach oh. is currently unavailable. Oh, well, there that is. Trying to reconnect there with Teresa Delgado Luther. We were just getting into Star Wars weekends at Disney as well. So you're standing there with the Blantons. You're all their friend and everything. Are you there with me? Here we go. We're back. All Hello. Right. So sorry. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. All right. So sorry. This stuff is getting redonkulous. But we're we're persevering. So there you are. You're talking to the Blantons. They're at downtown Disney. And you turn and there's this big guy named Steve. And I was like, yay. And I was like, that's Teresa Delgado Luther. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. Really, you have no idea. I you're like you're like a podcasting idol to me. Oh, come on now. I listen to all your shows because you know I like rock music and you know I like wrestling and yeah. you know I'm geeky. So I listen to all your shows because they make me laugh. And mm-hmm. come on, who doesn't love a good quiz every now and then? Oh my gosh, I love a good <laughs> quiz. But I wish I wish my quizzing buddy would get back with me. You hear me, Carl. <laughs> so you know, and then I've talked to you on other shows, and we've emailed, and you say stuff like, I need to have you on the show, and then it never happens, and <laughs> and then I get to see you, and I'm like, there's Steve! Oh, it was such a good time, and it, you know, that first night, just hanging out in downtown Disney together with all of us just there, and the whole crew that was there, such a, such a fun time, and it did have a very con feel to it. You told me before we got going, you were having con withdrawals. And the thing about it is, because of all the people that were there, it really felt like a a convention-type atmosphere. It really did. And that was what was so cool about it, because it was not a convention, but uh, it might as well have been. (laughs) At least that weekend, it really might as well have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, just because of the the nature of all of us that were there. I mean, you had... Of course, you had Rebel Force Radio, the Star Wars podcast on the internet, you know, was represented. Star Wars Report was there, and all the crew from Star Wars Report, and like 5,000 other, like this This was the weekend of the bloggers and the podcasters being there, it seemed like. It really was. And you know, a lot of people that wanted to come didn't, didn't plan to go, and then they come to find out, been there. And um, Joel in the chat was saying, and fans, we yeah, we did. We had tons of listeners there as well, right, which was right. amazing. Yeah, there were a lot of listeners there, and I met some cool people there that that uh, that that day, the the Friday, we were all at the park. Man, um, Big Joel was a guy that ended up hanging out with with our little group there, and um, too many to mention, too many to mention. Uh, you know, it was it was just such a such a cool thing with so many folks showing up and so many folks being a part of things um that 
it it was an experience when I went two years ago. My experience was me and my friends hanging out, and I was just kind of introducing my friends uh, to Star Wars and to a little bit of Star Wars fandom. And uh, hey, the uh, this time around, it was it was my Star Wars friends. You know, it was it was all of these people that I know from online. It was all of these 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 people that I know. Um, from from various blogs and podcasts and everything and it just was such a fun experience and then when you have listeners coming up and they're like hey i know you you're steve or hey there's Teresa, or hey there's riley and bethany and and i'm just watching this i'm like when did we step back into a star wars celebration it, you know uh there's just a feeling that i had after that meetup and you know after people stopping me you know, just in the park and saying, you're Teresa. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking to myself, it's okay. I'm not that cool, but thank you. <laughs> really appreciate you. Yeah. Why this... are you getting excited to see me? Well, Small I mean, and little. I was excited to see you and, and, you know, it, because it's putting a face with a name and, you know, and, and, I, and again, I've always said with geek out loud, that I don't have fans, I have listeners. And it's just always super cool to meet listeners and and get to know folks in, in a real personal way. You know, more than just kind of cuz so many times it's just me talking here on the on the microphone or you're just talking or you're just kind of putting your blog out there and people will email and people have their comments they put on stuff, but to sit face to face or to stand face to face with folks and see you know, to to see their reactions and hear their voice and hear what they have to say is just, it's a cool experience. It's a cool fandom experience because uh, we are all fans of the wars or we're all fans of whatever it is we're talking about. And, and it's just cool because at the end of the day, you know, Teresa, you're in the same boat I'm in. You're just a fan, you know, you've had, you've got, you've had some great experiences, you know, that come out of this, but you know, at the end of the day, we're just fans. Yep. And so it's it's just a neat, neat time. So there we were uh, in Disney, in Orlando, um, and and it was just such a good time. Now, how many are you going to this year? All five. Is this, a, is this the first year you've done all five, or do you do that? Last year I did all four. Mm-hmm. So this year I'm doing all five, because they only had four last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting to go to all four or all five this year. And guess what? What? Guess who's coming down for weekend four because he decided today. Aaron's coming back. Aaron Goins? Yeah. Is Victoria Goins going with him? No, just him. He's just coming down because he wants to see Mark Hamill. So. Okay. Okay. Is Hamill doing a show or is he just. He's doing his own show. Yeah. Okay. Well, when is week four? That's next week. No, um, not this weekend. So the first weekend in June. Oh, come! I wish yes. I could. I wish I could. This last trip broke me. So, <laughs> but financially, I would love to come down. It'd be awesome. But I just, I, I can't see where I can make it happen. So, um, unless, unless there's some people with some passes that want to, you know, help us out. But anyhow, <laughs> um, now you. You're working with and for her universe at these things, correct? I am. Huh? I'm honored. What do you are you just you're working in their store? You're doing what are you doing with with her universe? 
I am working in the shop at Darth Small. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you come by and you're in Darth Small and maybe visiting the Akbar snack bar, hop by over the Her Universe booth because I may be there. Um, I work like one or two days out of the weekend and I'm working for like three to five hours, just kind of depends. And helping to sell the clothes and talk to other Her Universe fangirls and guys buying shirts for their, you know, women in their lives, mm-hmm. helping with sizes and I tell you what, talking about how much I love it. I, I got to tell you, I'm looking at the Her Universe stuff whenever there's new stuff and I'm just like, they're so... I understand why Ashley started. Ashley Eckstein, of course, started this line. It's for females because the girls always seem to get overlooked when it comes to geek apparel. And and I totally get that. But now I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like, well, now they're getting all the cool stuff. It's, I know. <laughs> dudes dudes are getting are missing out on all the cool geek apparel now. I, someone's got to come along and make it his universe now. <laughs> I talked about with, uh, who was I talking to down there? Us. And I said, I'm going to do a fat universe for all of us big And I said your first shirts would be a Death Star. That's right. That's right. With the belly button being... (laughs) (laughs) And just on the back, that's no moon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That makes it even better. We hadn't gone that far. (laughs) Oh, man. That'd be awesome. I just... I, I, but I really do. The the Her Universe stuff is so cool. Like, I was looking at the little, uh, you, you had the Boba Fett little hoodie thing going on. Uh, the Boba the last, Tank. Yeah, yep. the, the Boba Tank. And Ashley was rocking the Ewok one. And Ashley Eckstein, that is. I'm talking, I've, I, I've met Ashley once. I'm talking like I know her. Um, sweet as she can be, by the way. And, and I'm just looking at the stuff. I'm like, well, I, why don't dudes get stuff like this? So, well, it's because you don't have an Ashley. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the the thing about it is someone had mentioned in the chat, they were asking about sizing, if we were going to have sizes. So I don't have any insider information. All I know is that they are trying like crazy to get sizes back in because we have sold out of the Ewok tank, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. Yeah. My absolute favorite. And I only didn't wear it last weekend because I'd worn it the weekend before. So I, I, I was rotating. I was, you know, I was about to say, were you wearing that the first night we met? But I guess I just saw like all your Twitter and Instagram stuff with you. Yeah, I had I have a lot of pictures of me in it. Um, we sold out of that. We've sold out of the Han Solo dress. We've sold out of the Boba Fett tank. At least we sold out of it in like smalls and mediums, and we may have sold out of larges. Um, we're running low on sizes and pretty much everything. Wow! And that's awesome. Yeah, that's such yeah. good news. But you know, I know Ashley really wants to get some sizes back in so that she'll have stuff for the next three weekends. And I'm hoping that when I get there, um, like tomorrow. Um, that we've gotten new sizes in, so you're going tomorrow. Tomorrow's th- oh, tomorrow's Thursday. Then tomorrow's no, Friday. tomorrow's Friday. Oh my, Atlanta! You're going this weekend. Who's going to be there this weekend? Um, like celebrities. Yeah. Um, John Ratzenberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Gray. So Ezra Bridger from Rebels. Ray oh. Park. Oh, okay. Yep, it'll be them three, and then um, weekend four is. The big one. Yeah, that is a big one. I bet it's going to be nuts down there during weekend four. 
I can't wait. Oh, so I, I wish I could get back down there. And But see, I want to get back down there for the experience of hanging out with you guys, though. That's my thing. It's like, that's what celebration is for me now. It's like, oh, I get... If I go to celebration, then I get to hang out with Michael and Crystal Cohen. I get to hang out with the kids. I get to hang out with uh, Carl. I get to hang out with uh, Jason Hunt. I get to hang out with all my friends um, who are fans as well, and you know the Star Wars, and and we get to see each other again. And so I would just love to get down there to hang with you guys, see my friend Greg, all this good stuff. So yeah, but um, well, we'll be at celebration. Well, this so. past this past weekend was really cool because. Uh, you had Warwick Davis there. Jeremy Bullock was there as well. And, um, oh my gosh, why did I just blank on her name? Tia Sarkar. Thank you, Tia Sarkar. I've been saying it all day long to make sure I had it right. Uh, who is the voice of Sabine in um, Rebels. And what a cute, what a cutie patootie she is, if I can steal something from Rosie O'Donnell. Just yeah, she was she was so nice too. Yeah, so nice. Um, she seemed fun, and she's you know this is her first real experience with Star Wars and Star Wars fandom, and so she's getting used to all that. But uh, the rebels, um, the the behind the force that Ashley did with her, uh, where they talked a little about rebels and her experience in rebels, showed an exclusive clip from Rebels. I'm assuming they're showing different characters centered clips each week they are and the one from weekend one was amazing now weekend one your best friend vanessa vanessa was there. marshall <laughs> yep she, she is she's, she's reached that level of friendship yeah you guys are tight now she plays hera on rebels and <clears throat> and and you were there with her and they showed a, a hera centric clip i'm wondering if they're all from the same episode Ooh, that I don't know. and But I do know, um, we just interviewed her for Fangirls Going Rogue, actually, right before I got on with you. Oh, cool. And um, she did say that she had never seen that clip before, oh, before wow. she saw it during the show. Cool. So, I mean, obviously, she recorded the sound and the voice and all that stuff, but she'd never actually seen it. Um, they really are keeping them in the dark a lot. Yeah. So, um, wow. they don't really know too, too much more than what we know. Well, you know, I, it's uh, it, there are also a lot of them are, are new to the whole idea of the Star Wars, like I say, the fan base and the in the universe, and and I don't know that they're ready for all of the the bombardment of questions they're going to get from fans and and people about everything and wanting to dig and know and understand and and get all the dirt and all the secrets and everything. But the show, I'm telling you what, I was really kind of cold on the idea of Rebels. But everything I've seen the past few weeks and then seeing the clip that we got to see that focused on Sabine has is kind of helping me turn the corner on this. If for no other reason than uh, Star Wars and, and TIE... I mean Star Wars, then Stormtroopers and TIE Fighters, for crying out loud. I know. It's going to be amazing. You haven't seen the other clip, but um, it was pretty awesome. So I think that the characters are going to be really... I think a lot of fans will will be able to attach to them in the same way they attach to Ahsoka and you know Ventress and some things like that. So I think I think it's going to be good. I hope so. I hope that fans are able to attach these characters, and especially I like the fact that you brought up the you know the person of Ahsoka, that character who, for a lot of fans early on, were kind of like, well, I don't really know about this guy, but then. By the end of it, we're all kind of we're all blubbering messes at the end of season five, as she's walking yeah, away, you know. And um, 
And so I'm hoping we have similar experiences with, with some of these characters. I tell you, I, I was very kind of hesitant at the idea of Ezra being a, you know, a former Jedi or Padawan who just kind of escaped or whatever happens. Kanan. Kanan. I'm sorry. Kanan. Thank you. And, but in that, in that trailer where the Imperial officers like aim for the Jedi, I'm like, that is amazing. That's awesome. He's just so surprised to see a lightsaber. And And you know what makes it even better? What's that? It's Freddie Prince Jr., man. (laughs) He gets rather cute. My my 90s crush is coming back, and I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you, if he comes to a con, I'm going to be the first one in line. What was... Trisha Barr right behind me. The two of us are going to be geeking out so hard. What was the song from She's All That that was so big? Kiss Me. Yeah, I was was going there, but I didn't want to step out too hard. Kiss me. Beneath the milky twilight. Yeah, I didn't want to go there too far, but because I wasn't sure. But now that you did, I had to go there. So now you, now we just need to play the clip from the movie where he's doing the hacky sack. He's no. like hacky sack. Okay. Hacky-sack. All right. I want to tell you something. Um, I was in the hotel room uh, one morning getting ready, and I just had the TV on. I didn't turn on the TV too much this week while I was down there, but I had the TV on. And um, she's all that was on, and for some reason I left it there. Cause it's a fantastic. And movie. it was that scene, the hacky sack scene. <laughs> yes. And um, never let it drop. Yes. Never so let it drop. Eventually it drops. Um, but then, conversely, then as I was packing up to leave Tuesday morning, uh, I had the TV on, and Pitch Perfect was on. So that's a good movie as well. But anyway, Pitch Perfect is a fun movie. Uh, it is. I, I love that movie. I love I it. We'll go out there and say it. I love it. I'll say it. I absolutely love it. So, anyway, <laughs> back to Star Wars weekends. It's Aka fantastic. It's it's Aka amazing. Amazing. You uh, <laughs> our experiences were a little bit different. You're a Disney pro, and I recognize and I bow to your Disney professionalness. Um, I have some other friends in my life who I think may give you a run for your money, but I, I, I think you outdo them. I really do. I think that you've got a little bit more of an edge on them when it comes to your expertise at the Disney parks and that sort of thing. But uh, Friday, we were all there Friday for the RFR meetup and all the good times. And um, I just I want to kind of brag about my experience for a minute, if I can do that. Please do, because okay. I'm... I'm- I'm aka jealous. Well, first of all, um, I was with RFR, Rebel Force Radio. I was not substituting for Jason Swank at all. I can't feel his shoes, but I was just there to kind of be a help to whatever Jimmy Mac needed, giving out little Debbies, holding microphones, whatever the case may be, and having a blast the whole time doing it. Well, Jim is telling me, hey, I've got a scheduled interview with Jeremy Bullock and Warwick Davis. And uh, so I'll be going to do those. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. You know, and, and I never put in to go in. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be like, hey, I'll go with you. You know, I was just going to let him do his thing and say, well, I'll meet you back up at such and such a time. And then he turns to me and says, so would you mind coming and taking pictures? And you're like, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of, I look at him. I'm like, did you ask? Uh, is that, is that, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. That's cool. And so. You know, and I'm pretty good about keeping stuff together, and and so I did. I didn't really butt in on the interviews or anything. I let them do their thing, but it was so cool. Actually, we went to where they were kind of um, 
they're the the celebrities I don't want to say they're holding place, but you know, the kind of their lounge, if you will. And it's we, the it's the press lounge. Yeah, and and we were outside in a nice little courtyard doing this stuff, and while we're interviewing uh, Warwick, Ashley comes walking out, and she, of course she's friends with Jimmy and his family, and so she comes over and talks to them, and then here comes James Arnold Taylor, and now I'm friends with James. I love James, good guy. James is awesome. He's super cool. And he comes walking out, and he just starts walking back and forth by the table where we're interviewing work because he's trying not to interrupt. And <laughs> and eventually he does, and it was just so cool. It was good to see James, and and so we're sitting there talking to Warwick and stuff. And and I did interject. It was one point when we kind of got off on Willow a little bit, and um, you know, but I, I try, you know, I held it together pretty good. Had my picture with Warwick. Then we sat with Jeremy Bullock. Had a great interview with Jeremy Bullock. You need to tune into Rebel Force Radio when they get these interviews up. The one with Jeremy Bullock is fantastic, uh, and he's just so funny and such a cool guy. But afterwards, after all this had happened, um, and this is like the next day, I'm talking to Bethany and Riley, I'm talking to the kids, and and I'm telling them about you know just sitting there with Warwick Davis, and I'm like, and I held it together pretty good, but then I got to thinking about, this is wicked. I would have been a mess, man. And, and I was, I think you need to understand, I was six years old when Return of the Jedi came out. And and one of the big marketing things for Return of the Jedi to kids was you, Wicket was everywhere. In fact, they had these cookies. Petridge Farm put out these cookies. And they were Return of the Jedi cookies. And they were character cookies. So you had Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Wicket. And we'd not heard the term Ewok yet. And my sister and I were calling the Ewoks Wickets. We thought they were all Wickets. And, I mean, that's just how big a deal that one character, Wicket, was in the campaign for Return of the Jedi. And how much... And you said it earlier. The moment where he and Princess Leia meet is just... It's classic. It's cinema gold. It's wonderful. And... And it kind of don't... And I loved Willow back in the day. I remember when Willow came out and I went to see it. I love Willow. And... uh, and I'm sitting there talking to Rhett, Bi- Riley and Bethany. I'm talking to the kids, and and I start to get choked up. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. So I'm sitting there talking to Warwick Davis, and <laughs> so it all came out of me like you know, eight hours, ten hours, you know, twenty four hours later, whatever it was. And, and <laughs> well, I told you about what happened to me when I met him last year, right? No. Oh my goodness. So I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm professional. I can talk to people. I can do interviews and all this stuff. And I get up to the table with my little book that I have all of the celebrities sign at Star Wars Weekends with his little page that I've made for him and everything. And he looks at it and he he just kind of doesn't say anything. And I'm like, oh my God, he hates it. And then he turns around, this is fantastic. And he's looking at me and I know he's he's wanting me to say something. And I couldn't say oh, a thing. Oh, wow. Well. I was oh. just, I, I think I finally got out, you're my favorite. And <laughs> I, I love everything that you've done. Big Bear, chase and, me. Big Bear, you're my favorite. Big Bear, chase me. No. <laughs> that's like the only thing I could get out with. You're my favorite. <laughs> I love you so much. And we take pictures together or whatever, and we leave. And luckily, I had a friend taking pictures because I was able to go back and look at it, and I can see the expression on my face, and I know that expression on my face is, what is happening to me right now? Hmm. This is happening right now. 
<laughs> and I really wanted to see him again this this year, um, but I just didn't have enough time. Right. And uh, I because I needed sleep. Yeah. Um, well, I saw him again. But, but I have the next time I'm somewhere where he is, or or I'm gonna have to interview him or something. He's my favorite. He is so great, and he's funny. The stuff he's done with Ricky Gervais is hilarious. Oh, he's so his Harry Potterness. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, did you go? Were you guys at his stage show on Friday with us? Um, I videotaped you, dude. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just me kind of pointing out. I was on stage with Bork Davis. You were. He was. <laughs> hey, this guy right here. He was. He got to be George Lucas. Yes, in, that's what's so funny. Is I even Davis' got... stage show. Yeah, I did end up being George Lucas and Warwick Davis' stage show. Um, it was. I do have video clips. I got to post. It was so funny. Because uh, I wasn't going to try to get on. I was sitting there. Josh, the guy I met that was kind of hanging out with us, he, you know, he's like, "Hey, I've seen this before." He gets people in the audience. You should try to get up there. I'm like, "Well, I don't know." Okay, and I raised my hand just briefly. Like it wasn't that big deal. Like I wasn't like, "Ooh, pick me, pick me." But apparently, my good friend and yours, Jimmy Mack, was looking at Warwick and saying, pick him, pick him, pick him. He was, because I could see him from down the road. <laughs> and so Warwick walks by, and he's like, well, there you are. And he keeps going. I'm like, well, that's funny, you know. And then he comes back, and he's like, yeah, how about you? You going on up there. And so you go up there, and there's a, there's a cast member, a Disney cast member. She's like, okay, now... Uh, when you get on stage, just go to your chair. There'll be a prop and a script. Read over the script, you know, put the prop on. Well, the prop was a beard, and I look at the script, and I'm like, oh, great, I'm George Lucas. So now I have a dilemma. Do I do a bad George Lucas impression, or do I just read it in my normal voice? And if you listen to the show for any amount of time, if I have the opportunity to do a bad impression, I'm going to do a bad impression. And so uh, I did it. I did the bad impression of George Lucas, and apparently Warwick really enjoyed it. Because as we were um, walking off the stage, he's shaking our hands and stuff, and he's like, you were really funny. I'm like, thank you so much. So that was a big but deal. But you got to say it in British voice. You were really funny. And so I was. it was really cool. I was. <clears throat> I thought it was uh, great. So <laughs> Wait a minute. So basically he told me, like, I had he had to uh, I had to say faster, more intense, of course. Do it, say it. And say so it now. I okay. So I was like, uh, faster, more intense. And I I felt like it got a good. You can tell me because I'd kind of zoned out. I kind of blocked out the audience because I was now on stage, and that's what I do. I block out the audience and just get in the moment, you know, and hope that it. Was there a decent reaction from the audience? You can be honest. Oh, it was done really well. Yes, okay. there was. There was a great reaction from the audience. Okay, good. I think that's an understatement. Good. Because I knew what was coming, so I had my phone up, and I'm like, record. <laughs> and I'm recording it, and oh, it was epic. The only problem is is there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a slight slam on the prequels in the script, and I'm sitting there, and I saw it coming. There was. I saw it coming. I'm like, how can I rewrite this? And it still be funny. It still get what the laugh that he wants it to get, and I just couldn't. And so I had to go with. I sold out to the man. I sold out to Warwick Davis for crying out loud. You did, but it was all right. I mean, we all. I think the group I was with. So I'm with all the bloggers and podcasters. Mm -hmm. When that line came out, we were all like, "Ooh, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, "Where are you? Know, they're too boring." Um, I was like, uh, "Don't make me say this." So. But, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll have to talk to Warwick. I'll have to get with his people and be like, let's rework this and let's figure out another way to make it funny. Um, 
So that you know, and honestly, more than anything else, it, as as much as I enjoyed meeting folks, as much as I enjoyed seeing everybody and having conversations and riding Star Tours seven or eight times or how many times it was, and seeing the same scenes each time, um, which was a thing, by the way, that happened. Uh, Got different ones. It was. We were. Let's see. I think we ended up riding it four or five times, myself and Jimmy Mac together. And the first two times in a row we watched it, we went to the same planets back to back. Then we, <laughs> those same two planets that we'd been to, the other times we rode, we went to them at least one time in each one. And I was just like, every time I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so, but I love Star Tours, by the way. Oh, yeah. Star Tours is good. You didn't hear anything that just played, did you? No. What'd you do? Oh, I'm listening. I'm I'm listening to you talk, and I'm also listening to your clips from the oh, by the way, from the stage show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was crazy. It was so, and so I look at that, and I'm like, well, that was my experience. I absolutely, as much as I enjoyed meeting people and everything, there was just something about those moments of meeting Warwick Davis that just kind of took it up a notch, if that makes sense at all. Oh, no, it does. It makes complete sense. I wish I could play this for you right now. <laughs> well, you know, you can send it to oh, me. Well, I'll send it to you. You can send it to me at some point. Because the audio, the, the videos I saw, you couldn't really hear anything very well. So, um, but anyhow. So, your what was your weekend this past, this particular past weekend? Now, I know you, you hung out with your best friend, Vanessa, you know, the, the other weekend. And, and so, that was kind of like Teresa jumps into the celebrity and this weekend was Teresa with all of her podcasting, blogging friends. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. This weekend was getting to be with all the people that helped me get to where I am now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Riley and Bethany, the kids, um, <laughs> they're, they're some of the first ones I met, and they were the first ones to ever ask me to write for a site. Wow. Um, and I still write for the Star Wars Report, and I'm still on their podcast and stuff quite a bit. Um, and then Star Wars Bookworms is on the, the Star Wars Report network. Um, and Aaron is one of my oldest and dearest Star Wars friends. He's like, he's like my Star Wars best friend, honestly. Yeah. And I got to see him. And so that was amazing. And... You know, it was getting to be around Jimmy and his entire family and finally getting to spend some good quality time with him, which just rocked. You were um, you were Jimmy's, like, go-to every time we were He's like, I need to get... Where's Teresa? Where's she? <laughs> you know, and that blew my mind. And I'll say it here. You know, he thanked me and everything. But really, I have to thank him because he gave me an epic opportunity to have fangirls going rogue and to be a part of it. And that just, wow. Um, and then having me help him with this meetup and stuff and how much he was relying on me and everything. And I'm thinking, but you're Jimmy Mac. Yeah, you were his you know, PA. And I'm, just, I'm just little Teresa. Um, but it was just, it was amazing. I'm kind of at a loss for words of it because I never thought that I would be in that position and ever it was um, it was a it was a unique experience i think for me too i mean for, and for the same reason i you know i i've seen jason and jimmy down at celebration and spent a lot of time with them down there you know but i also was always like all right guys we'd also always split up and do our own separate things as well and it wasn't like i was in their um inner circle if you will 
you know, and just, you know, they brought, they brought this show onto shot glass digital and all this other stuff with them. And, and so just being there and Jimmy is the reason I was down there at all, you know, because he made sure that I was able to be down there, uh, you know, through, through some various stuff. And it was just like, it was so much fun hanging out with them and, you know, and, and just spending time. And, and I'm telling you, every time I turned around, we'd be, we were there at the park walking. He's like, Hey, can you text Teresa? And I, he's like, I need to find Teresa. It is like, I was like, well, all right, let's go find your personal assistant, sir. And <laughs> you were Jimmy Mack's personal Disney assistant. It's so cool though. Yeah. You know, it's so cool to be able to be that to Jimmy Mack, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I seriously, it blows my mind. Yeah. I don't even know what I can say other than thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your life and uh, yeah I mean it's that's that's the, that's the thing it's like you just I don't think they realize kind of the level of celebrity that they have um, amongst all of us you know lesser lesser podcasters if you will well, you know, I mean, it was just an overall, it was an overwhelming weekend and getting to see everybody that was there, spend time with everybody, go to Magic Kingdom with everybody for the 24 hour party, which we did. Yep. It was amazing. No, I didn't do um, that. You guys, you guys all ended up there to like four in the morning or something like something that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we got to ride the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, brand new ride that will that just opened How was this past that? Wednesday, but we got to ride it in advance. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, especially cool for the Disney geek over here. I was like, "Oh my god, well, I get yeah, to ride it!" Yeah, that's the thing. You were like, you you were one of the first uh-huh. that got to ride that thing, and that's what I'm saying is, how was it? How was how is the ride? Because I thought it was a reworking of like an older, like mine train ride that they had or something. Right. Um. So we're gonna go on a Disney path here. Yes. We need some, We need like that Disney movie opener music. Um. So. The new ride is in place of Snow White Scary Adventures, and it's actually a roller coaster. It's um, it's not a crazy thrill roller coaster. It's sort of an in-betweener, like in-between Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain. Um, it has the most technologically advanced animatronics that Disney has ever done, mm-hmm. ever, and it's totally worth going just to see that. The interactive queue is fantastic. Um the theming is amazing. It's so Disney, everything about it. And the really cool thing about the ride is then the mine car you're in is that it does actually kind of sway back and forth oh, wow. as you go around the embankments and the curves. Oh, wow. And um, the further towards the front you sit, the less you feel it. I think the further towards the back you feel it more. So I pretty much just want to sit in the back the whole time so that I can feel like I'm flying all over the place. Um but it's totally worth it. It is a little bit short, but mm-hmm. they didn't have a whole lot of space to work with either. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's a cool experience. It, to me, it's like, I, I totally get it. I'm not the big Disney fan, Disney file that you, you guys are. But I get the, the excitement of, oh, my Lanta, I'm, I'm the first. You know, I'm one of the first that are getting to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know what you're saying. So I totally, totally get that. So, uh, you guys were there till like four in the morning. 
who all went? It was you and and Greg and Aaron and Victoria and the kids. Did the kids go with you guys to the 24-hour The Disney? kids were there for a little bit, and then they said they had to go to sleep. Yeah, what? the kids had to what? go to sleep. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, well, bye. And so um, <laughs> when did you do the tour with the kids of well, the Magic Kingdom? So that night, the 24-hour night, Skywalking Through Neverland joined us. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really fun. And then it was the next day, we we had dinner at um, Whispering Canyon at the Wilderness Lodge with like ten people. Yeah. And then we went over to um, to Magic Kingdom, and so we went to Magic Kingdom. And when we got there, I started giving them the tour and telling them all the really cool things, like as you walk in and all the Disney history and all that kind of stuff and stopping in places so they could take pictures of certain things that I felt like they were important. And of course I'm giving them the tour and I'm getting choked up because I'm talking about Walt and all this stuff. And I feel like I was about to start crying. Um, cause that's what happens when I talk about Disney history in the nice. parks. Nice. Um, so, you know, that was that day. So that was Saturday that I was giving them the, the Teresa tour of magic kingdom. Yeah, you you guys were there on Saturday, and that's when um, I ended up hooking up with them later on that evening, I think, because they were telling me all about it. Uh, anytime I get to spend time with the kids, I have a blast. I, those two are just some of the sweetest, nicest people you ever want to meet in your life. And and I always I always kind of pick on Bethany about it, but it's it's so funny to have a conversation with her. If there's a group of people and the conversation dies down, she's ready with conversation starters. Oh man, I you know. know. All... I love I love her so much. <laughs> they're so they're such good kids. I, they make me want to be a better person. Like they I'm like, why can't I be as good as these guys? And I'm like, I wasn't this good at 21, 22, 24. I was I was kind of a slacker, but they're just they're doing it awesome. But anyhow, um <clears throat> Saturday I was hanging out with the Mac family and uh we were just having a blast. I took them to Waffle House for the first time. They'd never been to a Waffle House. And so I had to give them that cultural experience, and uh, and and we just we hung, we just had a great time that day, and hung out in the pool at the hotel some, and took it easy, and then their next day they went to the Magic Kingdom, and that's the day when um, I forget what I did that day. I was hanging out with people. It was just a lot of meeting up with people. Like the whole weekend for me was just like meeting up with these people, meeting up with those people, and then our last day that everyone was no, I guess. That was Sunday, yeah. Yeah, that was Sunday because you guys were taking off, and um, and that's when I was supposed to meet my my friends Christopher and Alita, and I ended up dogging them out, and ended up with <laughs> with Aaron and and Victoria, and because they were leaving out that day, and with Greg and with the kids, and we went to that miniature golf course I was talking with Greg about earlier in the show, that is literally a miniaturized golf course. It doesn't have the bumpers on the side. It's just you. You've got, you've got the rolling fields of a of a fairway, and you're trying to get the ball to the green. And there's sand traps, and it's some of the most fun but frustrating mini golf you'll ever play in your life. It's not mini golf. It's not putt putt. No, that's you, the thing. You were going to play putt putt. No, I was. Yeah, I thought we were going to play putt putt, but we were playing miniature golf. <laughs> it's and there is a difference and we talked about greg getting the two holes in one and uh and i got so frustrated i threw my shirt off and scared everybody i heard some kids crying after that but um <laughs> i get a text message about that while i'm working her universe going man <laughs> missed 
it was oh we had so much fun that day and then um but it was but don't listen don't think about it, it wasn't putt putt it was it was miniature golf for sure and uh and that's and then afterwards we hooked up with you guys and were able to have dinner with you and greg before uh you guys took off and um and you bought me a hat because I, I got you to pick me up a, the hat that i wanted and you did and it was awesome so it was such a good i don't know the whole weekend was just such a great time with you guys with the mac family with the kids with meeting uh my friends chris and alita with uh with gosh with aaron and victoria i've got a new friend in victoria i love aaron's wife she's a great lady so there it she's is. so awesome she is really she, she is really such, is so she's cool. so cool and she's an enabler she like i told greg he's an enabler for you and victoria is aaron's enabler she just lets him do his thing and just will tag along with him sometimes but usually it's like all right you go we'll see you when you get back so i she was really cool it was good talk and it was funny with her because she was scared to talk about anything but star wars poor girl she didn't realize that we could talk about stuff that's not star wars <laughs> no but you got her in conversation and talking about other things yeah. which was awesome we were talking some doctor who over there Mm-hmm. Which are you in the? Are you into the Who? By the way, I am into the Who. I okay. have a Her Universe dress of uh, David Tennant's outfit. Oh wow! I didn't know they. I didn't know they that Her Universe had some Doctor Who merchandise. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she did got Doctor Who. Well, I'm not. I'm dead. not. I'm not perusing the Her Universe website every day. Well, why not? Because I'm um, a dude. Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> The Walking Dead, and she's going to be releasing three new licenses um, soon-ish. Wow! And okay. I'm, I can't wait to yeah. find out who they're going to be. I have a I have a hankering of an idea. Yeah, yeah a little of uh, one of them, but yeah. that's but I don't know for sure. So I've got a, I've you know I've got my guesses out there um, that that I'm that I'm hoping they may that that there may be, but I don't even know what I'm hoping because it's not like I can partake in okay. it. Okay, okay, let's let let's guess. Um, okay, based on what I know she has, because see, again, I didn't realize she had Doctor Who. Um, Carissa's saying Lord of the Rings uh, in the I chat. I don't think Lord of the I don't, Rings. I don't think Lord of the Rings either. I'm thinking some superhero deal. Does yep. she, does she I'm have thinking, Marvel? I'm thinking Marvel because yeah. of the Disney Star Wars thing, so yeah, I'm thinking too. Marvel. I'm thinking Marvel for sure, and um, and that's really the only one I got. Uh, Harry um, Potter, maybe? I'm hoping... Harry Potter, but I don't think that will happen due to the universal, you know, having Harry Potter type thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking maybe, like, what else is big right now? Um, Game of Thrones yeah, would be so be cool because yeah. that's big right now. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Disney. Ooh, what if she's going to have Disney stuff? Oh, now that could <gasps> very well be the case. What? <laughs> But now Disney already has a big girl presence. I would would they need to license that? Yeah, but out they have it through like you know not <clears throat> not stuff that's designed as cool as okay. what she would design. I mean, I, listen, I completely agree. I think that uh, I think that I think that's part of the appeal of her universe, even to some guys, is that you know not that we are buying and wearing anything, but that everything that they do, everything that she has done, has been so stinking cool. Um, you know, all those designs from the dresses that she's made to those, to the, to the tank hoodies that you've got, to the, uh, uh, to the jewelry that she puts yes, on. It's just so cool it. looking. It's amazing. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it all is, it, it's all very cool looking. So, um, 
I would encourage all of our ladies that listen, ladies, uh, to, to head over to the Her Universe website and, and look around and peruse around. You'll probably find some stuff that you dig. I uh, want a Star Wars scarf and I want a Star Wars cardigan. I want a Star Wars scarf and a Star Wars cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, well, before we get off this and before we wrap it up and say goodbye, um, no goodbyes. Uh, no, okay. Before we wrap it up and say see ya, um, give us a few. Give us your top three, if you can, tips and tricks for the Disney parks. Any of them? Any of them? Yeah. Okay. Um, number one, go to Rope Drop at Magic Kingdom at least once in your life. And Rope Drop means you get there about 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes before the park. Actually, no. Get there about 30, 35 minutes before the park opens because they do a show. And it's so cool. And they pick a family that helps to open the park for that day. And all the characters come out. And it's just, if you like Disney, you have to do it. And even if you don't like Disney, but you're a Disney World, do it anyway. Okay. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two, let me think. <laughs> um, hidden Mickey hunting. That's one of the coolest things to do. And you can do that at resorts. You don't even have to go into the parks to do that one. So um, there's books and stuff. There's actually an app online and hidden Mickeys are what Disney Imagineers have put into the design of the parks and the resorts and stuff. And they put together, they'll hide the three circle Mickey head in different things, or they'll hide, um, outlines of the characters and stuff and the decor and stuff. And there's a really good one in the Haunted Mansion when you go into the ballroom sequence. So, Hmm. um, Everybody can find that one. There's tons of them on the Haunted Mansion, actually. Um, let's see. So, Hidden Mickey's. And then my third one would be do one character meet and greet in your lifetime. At least one. Hmm. Um, because it's totally worth it to go and meet a character. Pick your favorite character and go and meet them. Um, but you can look online. There's actually a good website. It's called... Um, KennyThePirate.com and he's um, a character guy and he has tips and tricks for every character of things you can say to get them to interact with you. Um, all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, and visit visit Disney World during Halloween or Christmas or both. Uh, because Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Yeah, it's the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is amazing. Um, and I'm not so concerned about Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, but um, just the atmosphere at Christmas time at the Disney parks is fantastic. Well, my goal now in life is to get back down there, go to the magic kingdom with you guys. Uh, so I can take the Teresa Delgado tour of the magic kingdom. Now I also gave you a little trick, uh, for Hollywood studios that I was told and, and lo and behold, it's the truth. When you go to the Muppets studios, when you go check out, uh, and if you're Hollywood studios down there and you go to the Muppet show, uh, which I do. I mean, I I absolutely love um, the Muppets experience they've got. It is it's one of Jim Henson's last times voicing and doing Kermit the Frog, and it's just everything about it is wonderful. But you walk in and it's like you're walking into the Muppet Theater, and to the right there's a ticket booth that says "Out to Lunch Key Under the Mat," and you look down and sure enough there's just an old beat up welcome mat there. Lift it up and look under it there is a key 
So it's pretty cool. That is cool. Then those are the things that they hide, and even stuff like that would be considered like hidden Mickey type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, now the dude told me too that somewhere at the Magic Kingdom, there's a place where they'll hide like three or four items that if you find and bring to a cast member, like you win something or something. Yeah, that okay. That you that doesn't exist anymore. Oh. What that was is you could go out to the. Um, the Tom Sawyer Island. Yes, yeah. And if you went out there, like, first thing, the cast members used to hide four paintbrushes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would find a paintbrush that had white paint on it, you could go and take it to the cast member, and you were supposed to get, like, this epic fast pass type of thing. Yeah. Um, but they've stopped doing that, actually, about, I want to say, at least a year ago, maybe longer. Well, that's bummer. Um, because I was trying to do it. And, uh... <laughs> Nice, nice. And um, I it didn't happen. And they, they ran out of hiding places. Never, whatever. They stopped it. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things, I guess. Forget them. But there's all kinds of cool stuff all over the place in that yeah. in that park. Well, I mean, it. it oh, it's... you didn't get to meet Goofy. No, I didn't get to meet Goofy. Ah, oh, dude, we're doing. Well, I'm all about it. Let's do it up. Let's go. Let's go meet Goofy. The internet dropped out on me yet again, right as she's trying to tell me to go meet Goofy. So No, you're right there. I okay, there we go. Good deal. Uh, yeah, I do definitely want to go meet Goofy. That's that's kind of on my bucket list because I've been down there a few... I've been down there like twice, and um, I need to go to the Magic Kingdom and actually do a character meet and greet with Goofy, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I would love it. Uh, that I mean... I would probably feel about him the way that you felt about Warwick Davis. I would probably just look at him and be like... You're the best. You're my favorite. No, you're my favorite. (laughs) Big Bear, chase me. Big Bear, chase me. Big Bear, chase me. Well, Teresa, tell us all. Give us the list. People always used to pick on me about all the podcasts I was on. Um, But that's the thing we do. We, We get ourselves out there as much as possible. So tell us all about everything that you do. All right, so I write for the Star Wars Report. I haven't put anything up there in a while, but we're supposed to be revamping. Yeah. Ah, oh, Atlanta. This is what we call dead air and radio silence as the internet once again goes out on us for some reason. Uh, and it's just, it's so frustrating. I'm going to call the cable company and give them a piece of my mind. As I said earlier, it's Mediacom cable. Mediacom cable, and uh, you can let them know that you listen to a podcast and, and you want me... You want them to to do things the best way possible. So, um, anyhow, uh, I am I'm very very disappointed in what's going on right now. I'm going to pause this and wait for Teresa to come back so we can close her up. I was I kept talking. So. That's good. Well, that's fine. None of it was recorded. So you've been writing. For, you you're right for the Star Wars report. But continue, please. Oh, I write for the Star Wars Report, but I am on their show quite a bit, so you can usually find me guest hosting. Um, And then the Star Wars Bookworms is on the Star Wars Report Network, and that's my podcast all about the expanded universe, or Star Wars legends, if you will. Uh, We cover books and comics, so we will be covering everything out that's coming out new. Um, We also have a book club, Star Wars Book Club. Go to Goodreads, check that out. Uh, Fangirls Going Rogue on the Rebel Force Radio Network with Trisha Barr. And that is not really a news podcast, actually. It's um, 
Star Wars oh. from a fangirl perspective. We talk about, we cover topics um, that are relevant to the fangirl community. We have different guests on, interviews with people, and we try to approach things from a little bit of a different angle. So it's definitely a fun time. Um, let's see. I write for Jedi News. I do a lot over there with the Jedi News team. So you can find a lot of my writing over there. I have my own website. It's called fangirlnextdoor.com. It's getting a little bit ignored right now because I've been super duper <laughs> you're busy. so busy. <laughs> so it's a little bit ignored, but I'll be back in full force probably after um, Star Wars Begins. And let's see. I social media a lot. Yes. At, at Ice Cold Penguin on the Twitter. Yep. At Ice Cold Penguin on the Twitter and on Instagram. And I do a lot on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, come and follow me. And um, you can find me on Facebook um, with the shows. Yes. So. And Teresa. Uh, prompted me to make my own Instagram account, which I've not used at all yet. But anyhow, we'll we'll get there. Teresa, thanks so much for being on with us, and I'm sorry about all the internet difficulties I've had. I feel like the Rileys with their Skype connection tonight. No, it's not the Rileys. <laughs> I mean, the Blantons. Oh, my answer the Rileys. I, I blame it all on Rileys. So, anyhow. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Those of you who are listening live at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show. Of course, you can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com and uh, we're on twitter twitter.com slash geekoutloud facebook.com slash geekoutloud there's some new exciting stuff going on with the entirety of the goaliverse head over to geekoutonline.com click on the link that says the goal insider and uh, you'll be you'll be prompted to subscribe to a uh, special Geek Out Loud mailing list. I promise not to bombard your email inboxes with anything, but you'll be the first to know about some special things, such as the new Geek Out Loud t-shirts are available. Check the website and Twitter for all those links. But if you're already on the mailing list, you've already gotten that email to know about that. The, the Geek Out Loud shirts, the new Geek Out Loud shirts are available. Head over to geekoutonline.com and click on store and uh, you can purchase your new Geek Out Loud shirts. Now, we've got all kinds of shirts from the Goaliverse coming because, uh, hey, there's so much with the Goaliverse. So keep checking there and keep checking back, and we'll let you know as new things are available. Also, if you head over to geekoutonline.com, please use the Amazon link to do your shopping at Amazon. It helps us out here at the site. Once again, Teresa Delgado-Lutha, one of my favorite people in the world after hanging out this past weekend thank you so much for coming on geek out loud i think what needs to happen is we need to make this a regular occurrence every six weeks or so just have you on oh i agree six weeks that's a long time well i mean you've got so much else going on i'm not recording shows that much i don't have a weekly show man oh well i mean i don't i'm just saying i feel like i'm just letting you know i don't have a weekly show right now and i i don't get i i have greg which is great but like he won't geek out with me (laughs) well i tell you what we'll try to make sure we have you on on a regular basis just to talk about all kinds of fun things um so uh until next time Thanks, everyone, for joining us. For Teresa Delgado, the fangirl going rogue, the fangirl next door, the Disney expert. My name's Steve Glosson. Appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.
Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame! What's the shame? What a change in my name! Oh, what's in a name? And I got downhearted. How did you feel? And we started I... Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase.